brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to the Just Here in the Dark podcast with me, your host, Sean. You can catch the podcast every weird Wednesday. I'm scaling back the days from Sunday due to the fact that my schedule is starting to pick up. So for me to remain consistent, I'm just going to be putting out the podcast every weird Wednesday. In between, I'll be putting out strange short stories on my Instagram page. But let's get into our first story. As movie was haunted by brutal murders, and mysterious deaths. Hit 1982 movie Poltergeist became known as one of Hollywood's most haunted horrors as the cast was plagued by tragedy after the film wrapped. The film is about the haunting of the Freelings family in California, who are left terrified by a number of paranormal events that turned their lives upside down. It culminates in their little girl, Carol Ann, disappearing into the ghastly portal in the wardrobe with her voice left echoing from the TV set. The Freelings set out to try to get their daughter back, enlisting the help of a group of paranormal investigators who discovered the house was built on a Native American burial ground. They managed to get Caroline back, but the house is eventually consumed by the demonic forces who haunted it. It left many moviegoers terrified, but it was the horror that came later that really sent shivers down horror fans' spines. The curse of the poltergeist spawned many theories about why the movie and its sequel were cursed with so much tragedy, with one suggesting the use of real-life human bones in the original film caused the hauntings. Actress Jo Beth Williams, who played Diane Freeling, is seen dropping into a pool of skeletons in one spooky scene and she later revealed the bones were real. She told TV Land, In my innocence and naivete, I assumed that these were not real skeletons. I assumed that they were prop skeletons made of plastic or rubber. I found out, as did the crew, that they were using real skeletons because it's far too expensive to make fake skeletons out of rubber. Just for months after the film's release, tragedy struck with actress Dominique Dunn, who played the family's eldest daughter. She became the victim of a grisly murder. On the day before Halloween in 1982, the actress, 22, was strangled by her ex-boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, outside their home in West Hollywood. She survived the attack, but was left in a coma. 
She never regained consciousness and died five days later. Sweeney was later convicted on voluntary manslaughter and spent three and a half years behind bars with the killing. In the years following the film's release, movie bosses plowed ahead with plans for a sequel. Among the cast was Will Sampson, best known for playing Chief Bromden in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest opposite of Jack Nicholson. The actor cast as Shaman Taylor in the movie was concerned about the use of real skeletons in the first film and offered to perform a real-life exorcism. He's believed to have conducted the ceremony alone and in the middle of the night, but the cast reportedly felt relieved afterwards. However, less than a year after the film's release, the curse had claimed another victim. Samson had long-time health problems as he suffered from a degenerative condition, which affected his heart and lungs. He underwent a heart and lung transplant in the summer of 1987, but died of post-operative kidney failure on June 3rd. The most famous victim of the poltergeist curse was Heather O'Rourke. She appeared as Carol Ann in the first two films, as well as the third installment, Poltergeist 3, which hit cinema in 1988. She died just four months before the movie's release at the age of 12. In January 1988, Heather fell ill with what appeared to be flu-like symptoms. She collapsed at home the following day and was rushed to the hospital. She passed away on February 1988, just weeks after her 12th birthday. It was later reported she died from congenital stenosis and septic shock. Character actor Lou Perryman became the second cast member to fall victim to murder. He played Pugsley in the original movie and suffered a brutal end in 1992 when he was hacked to death at the age of 67. A convict recently released from prison, Seth Christopher Tatum, confessed he killed Perryman at his home after coming off his medication and going on a drinking binge. Tatum pleaded guilty to his murder in 2011 and was sentenced to life in prison. Actor Richard Lawson played one of the parapsychologists Ryan in the original film. He came close to becoming another victim of the curse in 1992. He was involved in a terrifying plane crash in 1992 when the U.S. Air Flight 405 crashed into New York City's Flushings Bay en route to Cleveland, Ohio. The crash claimed the lives of 27 of the 51 passengers, but Lawson was among the survivors. He put his lucky escape down to the last-minute seat change that saved his life. Lawson went on to part ways from showbiz and is currently married to Beyonce's mom, Tina Knowles. Alright, so after hearing that story, just imagine being the person whose scene is coming up. And it's prepping you to telling you, okay, this is what we want from you. You're going to jump in here with the skeleton, you know, and act. Then you come to find out that the skeleton you were acting with was a real skeleton. Real. You know how pissed I would be? And from the sound of that, of the uh, interview, and the lady sound like a good sport about it. But that is horrifying. All because of the cost of a fake skeleton was too expensive. And secondly, how do you go about getting a human skeleton for a movie? 
Is it like you renting a camera, renting a car? You got a skeleton insurance and damages. And like, how? What? That is so crazy to think of. And just all the horrifying things that happened to the people who participated in this film. Not saying that it was because of, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is a hella coincidence for all these tragic endings for these people. And to have so many people die who participated in these films, just, I don't know. What do you think? If you know how to go about renting a skeleton, you know, for a movie shoot, I I don't really want to know how you might know, but I'm interested in the process or where, you know, www.rentaskeleton.com or whatever. Uh, On to the next story. This story comes to us from ghostandghouls.com. F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, is extremely haunted. Not only is there a ghost of soldiers who once served here, but there is also Crow Creek running through the base, right where the Crow Creek Massacre occurred. My fiancé was walking around at midnight one night, down a dirt road running along the creek, when he heard the screams of women and children. He described it as sounding faint, but like it was coming from right next to him. Buildings that are under construction, including a building said to be contaminated with polio, has been the site of many instances of believed paranormal activity. Strange noises have been heard, and there have been possible sightings of a figure in the window. Women's desperate screams have been heard at the fam camp, but when the security forces investigated the screams would shift and seem to come from a different location. The base was established in 1867, so it is very old and has been the site of many occurrences of soldiers dressed in full cavalry uniforms from their time. There are many more stories that come from this base. I would love to see this base get investigated more and see some solid proof. All right, so after hearing that story about the Cheyenne Air Force Base, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Do you think that it is haunted? You know, uh, I haven't read about the massacre that occurred, but, you know, if you're a person that believes in, in energy or, or spirits or something like that, then it makes sense that that place would be haunted or some type of, some type of uh, entity or spirit will remain. But if you're not, if you're a skeptic, hmm, I mean, it might be a, a secluded area, dark, scary at night, and that your mind just forms these uh, these ideas. You, you start to feel creeped out and you start hearing things. You're just a, your brain playing tricks. You're imagining these things occurring just due to the, the environment. On to our next story. This next story comes to us from AnomAlien.com. The USS Hornet, nicknamed the Great Ghost, was commissioned in 1943 during the zenith of the war in the Pacific. She destroyed 1,410 Japanese aircraft and ruined 1,269,710 tons of enemy ships and cargo. 
Sailors walked into the aircraft's spinning propellers, then sucked into the air intake and swept off her deck by their exhaust. There has also been explosions leading to fatalities and major injuries. The ship was decommissioned June 26, 1970, and is now the aircraft carrier USS Hornet Museum Dock in Alameda Point in the San Francisco Bay. In February 2009, Coast Guard Bob Eas was painting a compartment with colleagues, some who wore protective white paper uniforms. The paint was getting low, so Eas went to find the man who supplied it. While en route, Eas saw what he thought was one of his group members step off of the main hallway onto the side passage. He called out, but the man kept walking. When Eas arrived at the hall, he saw that the chain blocked the entrance and the compartment was empty. He returned to the room they were painting. He saw the man he thought he noticed in the passageway and said he ignored him. The man said he hadn't left the room. Later, Ease mentioned the incident to Hornet employees and was told he saw the dress white's ghost, the specter of a sailor wearing his white dress uniform. Derek Lyon McHale had been a skeptic until 1995 when he was one of a group of volunteers who were staying aboard the ship. They had bunked down when they heard banging noises like someone was opening the hatches. The supervisor asked who was slinking about opening hatches and the men looked at each other and saw no one was missing. Then they heard the banging noises again and knew the ship was secure and that no one could have gotten inside. The catapult is a powerful machine that launches planes off the flight deck. The wires used with it has a tendency to snap. More than one sailor has been decapitated by the breaking wire. People have reported seeing a spectral headless sailor pacing up and down in the catapult's area. Others have only heard his footsteps. In 2005, a young man was on watch in the CPO's mess room and heard cries for help. An investigation didn't reveal the source of the sounds. An hour later, there was an aroma of phantom tobacco smoke. Footsteps were heard near the head of the deck above them. A search found no human smoking on the deck. When the cadet went to bed, he heard ghastly voices near his rack. All right, so before I get into the USS Hornet real quick, uh, from here on out, I plan on doing video format commentary. So when I'm reading these articles, these stories, you'll see images pertaining to whatever I'm reading. Then once it's time for me to commentate, you will see me. All right, so the USS Hornet. The USS Hornet, I've never heard of the USS Hornet, but I kind of want to take a trip now and I might look up and see if they're accepting like visits or people to come aboard due to everything that's going on from my own experience like these are uh, dangerous places to be working and you have to be on your p's and q's especially when you're handling uh certain equipment like the one that uh i read about the catapult decapitating a sailor i've heard stories from my rdc and boot camp about people getting killed on the job by you know mistakes happening and, and not following safety protocol or just not paying attention at the moment and it costing them their lives and that is a case that happens probably more often than you know people getting blown up on ships by torpedoes and stuff like that it's just 
mistakes happening and people unfortunately dying from them. Like the ship I was on, unnamed, not going to say the name. There was a story going around that a sailor was uh, participating in a shoring drill and was unfortunately crushed it up. Uh, shoring are these big pieces of wood used to prevent further flooding of a compartment. And I'm assuming that, you know, they were doing a drill or a teaching or, you know, a lot of stuff possibly going could have been going on but um they were handling the shoring and i guess when they were passing it to them i mean it could have been many different things that happened maybe they weren't paying attention maybe he thought he had it maybe the person above thought he had it maybe this the, the ship had rocked i mean different things could have happened but unfortunately he was crushed to death and yeah sad story uh yeah, that's it there. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy to end it right there. But uh, I want to thank everybody for checking out the Just Here in the Dark podcast with me, your host, Shine. And in between the podcast, I'll be dropping strange short stories on my Instagram page. And I'll also be dropping random content in my stories on the page. It's just a creepy, weird events that happen throughout the week. And I appreciate you checking out the podcast. Until next time.